Professors FM. Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Welcome, everyone. This is Mike Lewis with Tom Smith, uh, Fan Analytics Podcast. We are going to try something a little bit different today. We're gonna we're gonna call this approach. Two questions. Two questions. And Happy New Year, Mike. Thank you, Tom. Uh, simple, a simple idea here, and I actually put it to Tom. I said, you know, we'll, we, we, we threw around the idea of doing two questions. I asked Tom a question. Tom asked Mike a question or vice versa on the order. Then we, um, we raised the issue of, well, do we tell each other the question in advance so there can be preparation? And as probably following the the, the time-honored tradition of do as we preach rather than what we do, right. we decided we would just go with, we'll just throw the questions out there and see what happens. Th- this is, I think that's part of the excitement. I've been excited about this all day. <laughs> okay. So, Tom, do you want to um, do you want to go first or do you want me to ask the first question? Go ahead, Mike. You, you ask the first question. Let's see what happens. Okay. And, and I'm, I've been debating this. I actually have two questions in my mind. Ooh, One ooh. is very simple and the other is very deep, I think. Ooh. And so in honor of what we're doing here, I'll go with the simple one. Okay, shallow end of the pool. Yeah, shallow okay. end of the pool. All right, what do we got? Tom? Yes? Why does the Pro Bowl exist? Wow, that's actually a great question. So You can tell that Tom has been a professor for many years. The great question. No, it's I mean, like, it's, it's... like it's, reflex. It's like, a reflex. It's it really a great is. question. It is yeah. a great question. I think the Pro Bowl exists because they need to showcase talent in the league they need to make an acknowledgement that somebody has oh an upper well, echelon and, and, of and, skill and let me say this i mean i i guess the, the part of the part of what's behind my question for those who just jumping into this is the pro bowl has always seemed like a useless game right always people don't watch it the stands are not full it's I think it used to be after the Super Bowl. Now it's the week before the Super Bowl. It used to be Seems in Hawaii. Just a dud, right? It used to be in Hawaii the weekend after the Super Bowl. Right. And whoever was the MVP of the Super Bowl wouldn't go there. They'd go to Disney or something. Mm-hmm. And then the people who were in the Super Bowl, who won the Super Bowl, half of them would show up or half of them not. They would celebrate. It, it felt like really, an afterthought. It really is an afterthought. It is a completely pointless game. Except if you need some accolades, I would okay. guess for some contracts, especially if you have some kind of incentive contracts, you you need to you need to have some kind of uh, let's say benchmarks in order to incentivize people. And so having a Pro Bowl gives you at least one more column to check off well, you for can, players that you can always um, you can have an an, an All Star roster, right? I mean, the, the, there's going to be an All NFL team that is separate from the Pro Bowl, right? Yes. So, I mean, do you need the Pro Bowl for those accolades to be given? You don't. I don't think you need that. You you would need something that says, um, like, all all NFL first-team offense or all NFL first-team defense or all NFL first-team mm-hmm. special teams. Um, and I have to admit, I'm not sure um, with the NFL, do the fans have a choice in the selection? I know that fans have choices in the selection of the uh, the NBA All-Star Game and the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Well, I think especially Major League Baseball. Major there was League a Baseball. Lot, there's a huge tradition of that, right? Yes. I mean, yes. You know, and, and ballot 
stuffing, ballot box stuffing, etc. Sure, sure. I've been guilty of that, <laughs> right? Haven't you? <laughs> I probably haven't voted for an all-star since I was, you know, about 10 years old, I'm guessing. Okay, when you were 10, though, you <laughs> did it, right? Who, who knows? It's <laughs> set in with Cracker yeah. Jack tops or whatever else. Yeah, I. that's a – okay, so great question, and the answer is – I have no idea. It doesn't seem like valuable at all. I don't know if an NFL player needs it to um, pad their resume, if they if it helps them with their contract going forward, if it helps them meet some incentives. Clearly, if it wasn't there, they would find another set of yeah. um, some some other exercise that the that the team or the league would do that would indicate that the person has an elite level of talent, right? Right. And so you don't need the game to be played in order to identify somebody as being an elite player. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess what you're saying is that there would be there would be a bunch of awards, right? I mean, you know, and in fact, right in the NBA in Major League Baseball, they play the All Star Game in the middle of the season, right? And then there are you know, a bunch of awards at the end of the season. Yes. Right. So, you, you know, you don't need to, I mean, the NBA all-star game, I guess is then doesn't even make sense with the MLB, right? It doesn't even make sense, right? This is based on performance in the first half of the season. Right. Plus some residual for career effects, I assume. Of course. Right. You're going to have people who performed awesome last year and maybe haven't hit their, hit their stride in the first half of the season. Yeah. But for, for Major League Baseball, because I follow baseball quite a bit, for Major League Baseball, it also serves as a break. If you're not going to the All-Star game, you get a, a long three-day. And most of the season is a huge grind. From all the players that I've talked to, it's just a grind on your body, a grind mentally. You get maybe one day a week off. You know, Maybe you're not playing Mondays or Thursdays. But for the most part, it's just go, 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 go. The All-Star break gives them an opportunity to sort of reset. Um, you, know, you have a couple, three days off, and then maybe you'd have a, an additional travel day, what have you. So if you're not playing the game, you know, it provides you with a little bit of a, a respite there. So yeah. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. For the NBA, it's the, it's the same. I mean, those those players, it's, it the travel is intense, and it still creates a little bit of a break. It's not the same as baseball because of the pure number of games. Well, isn't it a, a strange situation then that you're not giving a break to your most important assets for those leagues? That you're... That is a, one of the reasons why you do have some players that sit out, especially... Um, you know, you have players that identify that the home run derby is incredibly taxing. So they say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Mm -hmm. The three-point challenge, um, the three-point shootout is also very, very taxing, like mentally and physically. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, you're against the clock, you're against some of the other players. And so I've heard players say, I'm not going to do that again. Like I won that. And that's a great accolade. I was in it last year. I was in the finals, but I'm not going to do that with my body again. And so it does seem to be a little bit, well, let's say inconsistent with what mm -hmm. the nature of the game is to not give your star players some some rest. So once upon a time, people took those games really seriously. I don't know if they're taking them as seriously. The NBA All-Star Game especially, it just seems like it's just one giant mm -hmm. fast break, at least last year's was. And so I'm not... I'm not a huge fan. I used to be a big fan of, of that whole break, but not so much anymore. Well, I think the the interest <laughs> of the many interesting things you said there. Um, once upon a time, I think it's 
I mean, so as I was thinking about this question, once about a time is kind of the idea that I kept coming back to. And so do these things exist largely based on, well, the possibility of doing a spectacular exhibition and building stars. And I I think, you know, the home run contest, the uh, slam dunk competition, the three-point shooting, and and these things tend to go up and down in cycles in terms of how interested the fans are. But is it, I mean, part of me wonders is like, you know, if you're running a professional football league, do you almost have to have the Pro Bowl? Because as you're coming up, Major League Baseball has had the All-Star Weekend, and the All-Star Weekend used to be the time when, and and maybe it makes more sense in, in a Major League Baseball environment pre-television, right? This is an opportunity for the stars from the two leagues to play each other, yeah. you know, these these kind of things. And so how much of this is a function of, I guess, history yeah. and sort of the trappings of a major league? Yeah, I think there's a lot of momentum there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to, dis- you know, to sort of stop that momentum. But yeah, if I had a vote, I would say forget the all-star game and well, um, no, the, Pro the, Bowl. the all-star excuse game. You would yeah. keep the all-star game. I would keep the all-star game in baseball. I like the all-star weekend for the NBA. I do not like the Pro Bowl. So uh, if I had a vote, I would say skip the Pro Bowl, keep the MLB all-star game, keep the NBA all-star weekend. Okay, real quick follow-up on that then. Yes. So let's say that um, having an all-star game, having a mids, mid-season competition – has some value, right? It's it's like it's like it's an asset that you can do something with, and maybe MLB does something right with theirs. NBA has at times done something right with theirs. Is there anything football can do, or is the sport just too different, too brutal to take? I don't know a week off in the middle of the season and have a have a bunch. Of, yeah. yeah, no, it's too. It's the the it the season's too short. The amount of time that you have to prep for your next game is too short anyway. Yeah. It's it, it is it is brutal on your body. It's brutal on your mind. There's no way you could just stop everything. So then the players who aren't in the All Star game would get two weeks of rest, and then and then a bunch of your stars would <laughs> have to fly to Honolulu again. That just makes no sense. Okay. So so it's a it's a lost cause. Cancel the cancel the Pro Bowl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just, just send people a letter. Congratulations, you've been you've made it to the Pro Bowl team. Well, and I suppose there's a, there's another side of this, another side issue as well, is that the NFL has probably been more successful than the other leagues in terms of creating a year round set of programming, right? Where it's you know they get tremendous coverage starting from training camp. The season, of course, is dominant in terms of American sports. The Super Bowl. But then the amount of coverage they get for things like free agency and the the collegiate draft, maybe it's not needed. I, you know, I, again, just sort of trying to think through the, the situation and the possibilities. I don't see any upside to this game, like except what, what for the, the except for the fifty three players on each side who are playing in it, and they get an extra check for twenty eight thousand dollars or fifty six thousand dollars. Might not be worth their time. right? Might not be worth their time, but for somebody, I mean, it's you know, it might be a vacation, right? And maybe a bygone. Well, I, I'm guessing. I mean, we're talking about time gone by. If you think about how much players used to make in the 1970s, and a chance to go on the NFL's dime to Hawaii, it was a vacation. Yes, take your right. family, and you're getting extra, you know, couple at that point, probably thirteen thousand dollars or nine thousand dollars or something. Okay. That might be, that might, 
that might be, um, you know, a fifth or sixth of your salary, right? I mean, you make that and you make the team and you get an extra check. I mean, that, that could be a difference between whether you have to sell cars or the winter. And now it's um, not worth doing because it's the, the probability of injury is, even in an exhibition gra- game, is too great for the whatever rewards are. Right, right. right. Is there, I don't know if there's any money attached to it in terms of the broadcast. I can't imagine that there's that it's a, a positive balance of trade with respect to the broadcasting in terms of what they sell it for and what they can sell commercials for. Yeah. I but, am, I'm guessing, and let's, let's sort of move on here in, in a quick second, but maybe it's it, at this point it's almost probably used as a placeholder, right? Yep. Part of the, now it's the build-up to the Super Bowl, perhaps. Oh, my God, yeah. but it's like the worst build-up ever. <laughs> okay. So, okay, good question, and the answer is no value. No, okay. <laughs> and you know, you know, it's kind of interesting. And maybe this is again the difference in our training as a economist. No value as a marketer. I can't let it go. Right? It's like the pro the the Pro Bowl brand is something I I I don't think I can let go. It's like I huh. I got to keep that just in case I can think of something to do with it. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. Sort of like the like the letters in Blockbuster. Just, yeah. <laughs> just going to hold on to that. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, Mike, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you tired of Clemson playing for the national championship? Mm, yeah. I mean, so the, you know, as they move to, and, and this is the tricky thing when we don't do prep, right? Now everything is by memory. And so if we look at what's happened since we've gone to the playoff uh, to the current playoff structure, what what are we like six years into this? Yeah, six seven years into this? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, six seven years into this, and um, I think Alabama has played in it all but one or two years, and Clemson all but one or two years, and Ohio State half the years, Oklahoma about half the time as well. I mean, again, we, this is without research. No, so no, that, no. This is part of part of the fun. Yeah. Is that this is these are questions that are coming. So we don't literally is, have a hat here, but yeah. I mean, you might as well. So that is uh, it's a kind of fascinating thing that's turned in terms of how this has played out right where the college football playoff right and traditionally the argument has always been that it should be settled on the field but it almost appears well and and look I have had some thoughts about this but I can't just sort of go back to let's say 2010 for my answer it's if I go back to 1990 and I I take like a five-year period from let's say 1985 to 1990 versus, let's say, 2015 to 2020, I suspect that I had far more variation in terms of national championships, right, than I'm going to get now in terms of this annual tournament between Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State with one other member of a Power Five conference that is not the Pac-10 participating, right? Right, right. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking about the 80s. I'm thinking about the 90s. So you had you had Notre Dame, which was champions. You had um, the U, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nice, nice. Was that the run? Was in the late 80s? I, I'm you're gonna kill me on this one because you're much more well, affluent but, with but the. I, well, but the, the point was that the structure was different, right? And so it's an interesting thing where you've moved to this more competitive structure, right. which is what the fans always clamored for. But you moved off something that actually gave more teams a chance to be champions. Okay. You know, I, I want to say that Georgia Tech won a national championship in, you know, right around like 1990, since we're talking about that era. Yeah, yeah. The idea of Georgia Tech winning a national championship in this current era, 
seems really kind of difficult, right? Because I mean, it used to be back in the day, right? If you if you won the Big Ten, then you got to play the Pac-10, right? And the Rose Bowl, right? Right. And so the bowl structure created, you know, prevented. I mean, this is going to be very anti-traditional college fan. It prevented, um, you know, it being settled on the field. But and so that made split national championships. It right. meant that the voters had to come in. But again, it meant that if you were part of the Pac-10, you kind of got, got a shot. Right? You got a shot, right. right? And it seems like the college football playoff has created this thing where you're right. Alabama, Clemson, oh, you know, and it's and it's kind of great, right? The representative from the ACC, Clemson. The representative from the SEC, Alabama. Sorry, right. UGA. The representative from the Ohio from the Big Ten, Ohio State, right, and um, you know Oklahoma from the from the Big Twelve, right. Yeah, I think that I think in order to get a shot at the playoffs, it's like you, the it's like the playoff what? structure has reduced competitive balance Ooh. in an odd way. Right? I, it, 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 I can see yeah. that it it has. I was uh, talking about this with uh, with. Um, with somebody who was a college football player, and um, and he said, well, he really likes the idea of the playoffs, but he was a little bit disappointed that you pretty much had to run the table in order to get mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And he said just one loss to the wrong team. Now, this has always been the case when yeah. you've had the computer rankings, right, with respect to um, the strength of schedule and then the strength of yeah. schedule of the strength of schedule and the team's schedule and their strength with against who they won and who they lost yeah. against and whatever else. And so losing by a, a field goal to Ohio um, is not going to be as bad as, like, losing by a field goal to, like, TCU or something, right? right? And so... Um, so even if you even if you end up with one loss, it's who you lose to. So you pretty much have to run the table, and then it's um, it's settled. So in some respects, it's okay. Instead of having two or three teams that let's say are undefeated or all have one loss, and then the computer just saying, "Oh, based on strength of mm-hmm. schedule, that's the champion." I think that's that's the outcome that we don't want, right? Yeah. Where you have three or four teams where you say, okay, well, they all ended, you know, okay. 11 and 1 or something. But but right. here's the thing. The point I'm coming to, and I know that this is going to sound crazy to a lot of folks, it's like that outcome is unsatisfying in any given season. Right. But it might be a healthier situation for season after season for the long term than the current situation. Oh, I like because that. Because one of the things that happens now, right, is – it's almost like we've evolved to again. You, you said Clemson. I could say Clemson and Alabama. There is a two weeks or three weeks of media coverage now devoted towards about you know four to five to six teams, sort of the elite teams that play in the postseason every year. Right. And so it, it's gotten this very. It's like potentially a really a damaging feedback effect where Alabama and Clemson play for national championships. They are featured a really kind of hardcore direct media attention every every year right right whereas the other teams are not and you know we're, we're both midwest guys think about the separation that has now occurred between michigan and ohio state it's and, two games right then they, i mean michigan they lose three games this well, year or whatever but, but are you gonna tell me that i mean are you gonna tell me that michigan is still as elite of a program as ohio state not anymore not anymore and is that part of the fact that Ohio State plays in January, and Michigan maybe plays on January one. 
Yeah. I could see There's that There's your soundbite, folks. No, it's you're yeah. absolutely I think you're absolutely <laughs> on the money here in that in that you have you have you give such a such a marquee um event to just a few teams. Mm-hmm. They have that much more opportunity to recruit students or students say, geez, that's the, the, that school's always in the national championship, so that's the school I want to play for. And what people don't get or what they don't think all the way through, right, is that this is not professional sports where there's something like a there, – there's no mechanism in place to prevent that kind of feedback, of that positive feedback effect for the elite teams, right? There's nothing that evens the balance, that balances things out. There's no amateur draft. There's right. no salary cap. There's nope. no cap on coaching salaries. Nope. There's a cap on the number of people you can give a, um, a scholarship to. Okay. <laughs> so so, so the, the closest thing to a tool for maintaining balance is to not have certain teams have bigger rosters than others. No, oh. <laughs> oh, I see your point. <laughs> Right, um, and so now, so then, just to argue, but I, it's not even going to be an effective argument. But I mean, I just want to be argumentative for a second. Um, I'm going to take your role here. I know the, the the quarterback for Clemson right now, he's um, sort of undefeated, right? And so this quarterback who's going to play next Monday, he's whatever he is, like Trevor tw- Lawrence, yeah, twenty four and zero or twenty three yeah. and zero, or whatever else, and so. Um, you know, he's he could very easily go pro next year. No, uh, he can't. He can't. He can't. So um, Trevor Lawrence is an interesting case, right? He could um, win a couple of national championships but still be a year short because he played as a true freshman, so he's needs oh, three years from. Years. Oh, I, I did not. Well, did, did, now I'm showing my lack of, my lack of true um, college football knowledge because I don't watch the game as much as I should. But, but you know, that brings up and uh, – that that brings up another kind of interesting topic that could be asked. It's should Trevor Lawrence play next year? If Trevor Lawrence wins another national championship, should he play next year? Right, because we've already seen this in college sports where once the draft position is established for a player, they don't play in the exhibition bowl games. Right. Right. I don't think anyone sat out of the playoff yet. No. But can you imagine a scenario where? Kid comes and wins two national championships and says, I don't want to risk my body. I'm declaring for the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, Willis McGahee, like he had a, he had a insurance policy um, on his, on his body. And so when he went down, um, yeah. when he went down and wasn't able to play and, and Walter Payton's son kind of took over and helped them win a bowl game, um, Willis McGahee then declared eligibility for the draft because he's like, okay, it's I'm either going to cash an insurance policy or I'm going to go into the NFL. Uh, I would suspect that that this kid is going to do the same thing, like put an insurance mm-hmm. policy on himself. Oh, I think he already has. He one, already but, has one. Yeah. yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. It does. It does actually make a lot of sense for this kid to actually not play all the games next year because three so, questions with Tom and Mike. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> so the third the third question, which is which is we established it right here. So if this kid wins a second championship, right, what else does he have to prove in the in the college ranks? All he's going to do is he's putting a giant uh, target on his back, right? People are like, you know, I'm going to show you. Like, I'm not going to let you win three championships. And then if you're a team that's looking at this guy like, oh, they, you know, he went 24-0 and oh, and then he went, you know, 6-3 and three his last year. Hmm, he's kind of losing it. I mean, he's got. There's no upside to him actually putting any stats on the field next year at all. Like, 
he can't do much better than a twenty-three and zero start or whatever it is. Like, where I mean, where do you go from there? You I go mean, pro. You're supposed. I to. mean, I, I guess we raise the issue, right? Would people sort of question the lack of commitment or raise a red flag of self? Right. I mean, so he might affect his intangibles. I guess. Yes. And he might Ooh. put a year of Ooh. he might put a year of rust on his skills perhaps maybe maybe but is that is that worth is that worth like a year of wear and tear on your on your knees i don't know it is a great great question though isn't it it is a great question did i actually answer your question of how do i feel about it doesn't it doesn't matter i don't care i don't care because you because you asked even a better question back you know this is very professor like where somebody says Professor, you know, what do you think about the, you know, what do you what do you think about the brand equity of this and you say, what do you think about the brand <laughs> equity of this? That's a that's prof- they teach you that in professor school. So, so I don't know. I like I ask you a question, you ask me a question right back. And your question was actually better than mine. So, <laughs> I'm I'm really happy with that. I'm happy with all of it. All right, thank you. Should we cut it there? Okay. Yeah, we could. Thank you, Tom. Until next time. And uh, you know, for anyone li- for everyone listening, appreciate it. All two of you. <laughs> Thanks.